Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. As you can tell from your podcast feed, we here at Cracked Rackets are all in on this weekend's NCAA tournament quarterfinal action for the men and women. Uh, Four matches, two matches, one matches, seven matches for each people. There's a little math for you. Spread out across four days in Orlando. We are so excited for all of that. And if you haven't been paying attention, we have been trying to get as many team members as possible on our podcast uh, to give you guys a chance to hear from them, hear what they're thinking heading into this weekend. Because obviously, being the team championship, this is the culmination of the season. We are in store for a really fun weekend of tennis. Joining me on today's podcast, you listeners know I'm a huge U. UVA guy, so whenever I get a chance to talk to one of the members of that team, it's so exciting for me. Uh, this guy is just, has had so much success. He is a multiple All-ACC all team member. More impressively, I believe every year he's played, he's been a member of the All-ACC academic team as well. I refer to him as the number six singles goat. Henrik Wiersholm, welcome to the Cracked Interviews podcast. Yeah, glad to be talking. Yeah, it's a huge pleasure for me. Uh, I do. We have a ton of things to talk about. Obviously, for you, I, I know you were a part of those three back-to-back-to-back national championship teams, and I always love exploring those because those were my favorites. But just to start out, uh, how are you feeling heading into this weekend? Feeling pretty excited, to be honest. I'm I'm sure every team is. Uh, you know, it's been a long season, and this is what we play for. So. Um, each guy is ready to roll and and just kind of itching for Thursday to come around. And for you guys, you've had a a tough uh, draw thus far. You've really been tested. You play a a South Carolina team in the second round that had made the SEC semifinals. Obviously, they had a ton of dangerous guys in their lineup. Uh, You guys ended up uh, beating them in a close 4-1 match. Then, obviously, last weekend, you start outdoors against Stanford, take the doubles point, kind of streak ahead. Then the rain comes. You're forced indoors. How how have you uh, thought the teams handled all that adversity thus far through the tournament, and how do you think prepared you for this quarterfinal round yeah I would say I mean we've had even before the tournament we've had a lot of matches uh similar to the matches we've had so far where it's been it's been a dogfight uh each round and it's just uh you know it's something that that adversity has kind of prepared us for being uh in the positions where we have to just claw we have to you know fight on every court and and rally together and I mean that I'm sure you saw the scores and everything, but that match against uh, South Carolina was a lot closer than just the scores. Uh, it could have flipped at at any any moment. There was a, a lot of momentum going there. Stanford, same thing when we went indoors and they brought a ton of energy. Um, uh, Axel played some insane tennis apparently on on court one for that second set to to get him to a third set. And you never know. I mean. The, that that's the beauty of college tennis is is how how close how how it can just be one or two points uh, to decide a, a whole team match. And for you personally, uh, you've had a lot of success on the doubles court, which is something I want to explore because for you to not play doubles to jump to one doubles now in this uh, part of the season is something on its own. But for you to have you know three doubles wins but not have a win on the singles court, does it help to have that sort of balance? And just how are you personally feeling heading into this weekend? Personally, I'm just excited. I mean, I've... Uh, this is yeah my fourth NCAA run and uh, I, I kind of feel like I I've had I've experienced just about everything that it has to offer and so re- really what it is for me is just just another opportunity to to support m- my teammates and do something special and and just leave it all out there with peace of mind. And I do want to explore your career at UVA and just your your uh, career in tennis because you've had so many interesting things happen to you. But I want to focus a little bit on this year's Virginia team for our listeners who want to know, again, a little bit more heading into this weekend's match. For you personally, I mentioned that doubles success. You and Brandon now at the number one doubles position. You guys have had a really successful season together. You've gone 18-3. and three. Uh, Coach Pedroso has shifted around the lineup. Now you guys are on top. What is it like for you to step into that one doubles role, particularly, and it, this isn't anything against your double skill, but after not playing in the doubles lineup those first three championship runs? Yeah, it's definitely been interesting, not even just from the standpoint of being on uh, on the doubles court, but just 
you don't even realize um, the continuity of, of playing a doubles set and then hopping right into singles versus waiting out that doubles and having to be prepped for, for the singles uh, afterwards. I mean, I've had to deal a couple matches with being super high adrenaline in, in the doubles and then realizing, shoot, I got a whole, a whole uh, you know, battle ahead. And, and the drop off that, that you get after, you know, taking a seven, six battle and doubles. But I, I had a little bit of preparation um, from 2017 when Carl got hurt. Uh, I slotted in to play with Luca at one and we we, we did pretty well um, for like, I think we played maybe six matches or something like that. And just just got a little bit of a feel for that. But yeah, like you said, I haven't had much up. Uh, much of an experience in in that so all i can really say is that uh, a ton of credit to brandon and what he's he's done coming in being being a stud teammate uh, with me i'm gonna try and get you in trouble early compare those six matches with luca with these now you know 20 plus with brandon who do you like better <laughs> as a partner well i i would say playing with lou was a blast just because of how much experience he has on the doubles court and how much of a presence he can be on the dubs court. Um, I've definitely, in terms of chemistry, like you've said, we, we've played 20-plus matches now. Uh, Brandon and I know we're going to do 99% of points. <laughs> Everything's kind of planned out, um, and, and it just it's, it's so simple. I know what he's thinking, um, and, and so it works. Yeah, uh, I really enjoy playing with him. That was a cop-out. I'm going to say slight Brandon. <laughs> um, I do want to ask on the Brandon note, because that guy, if you haven't seen him, just a machine. The The ball sounds differently coming off of his racket. What's the most scared you've been at the net when you hear a forehand, you know, whizzing by you? Oh, I, I, he's never hit me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even I'm not even scared at all. Uh, that, that dude has so much control. I, I'm not worried at all. <laughs> I mean, I... I could see – look, that's one of the great forces. He's never even with a serve. I feel like you're just – if you play with someone long enough, they hit you with a serve once. I He has not hit me a single time in all the practices, all the matches, nothing. Uh, not not that, once. Maybe that means you're not poaching right. <laughs> hey, I, I would beg to differ. I feel like I, I'm moving around out there. I don't know. Well, if you don't mind me sticking with the doubles point uh, for your team, you guys are 24-4, and four, but you look at your doubles record, 18-10 and 10 on the year. Obviously, you've been able to find success after losing the doubles point, and in fact, you could point to that Wake Forest match earlier in the year at home that you won as an instance of that. But for you guys moving forward, given the reshuffling, obviously, Coach Pedroso and you guys understand the importance of the doubles point. Uh, has that been something you guys have been focusing in on as you come to the quarterfinal round, and how important will that be for for you guys to have success this weekend? Oh, for sure. I, I think we have always had two kind of mindsets uh, when it comes to to how how to think about the doubles and and using those mindsets opportunistically. You know, when we like you said, we've been eighteen and ten. We've had our fair share of matches where we haven't taken the doubles point and. Uh, the mentality has always been, you know, when we're in the huddle afterwards, it, it's like, okay, we can win on every court, uh, and and so let's go and do it. And conversely, when we when we step on to the court for doubles, I think we're at, at this point, you know, we've we've done some shuffling, we figured out uh, what we're trying to do, and we're pretty confident every time we step on that we're gonna give ourselves uh, a shot to win the doubles point. But the reality is that it's it's a it's a single set no ad. I mean, it it can be a crapshoot, and so you have to be ready for for afterwards. Just just getting to war, just that that mentality afterwards is is this is going to be a battle, regardless win or lose the doubles point, and and that's how it can pay off on both sides. And looking through your lineup, I think you talk about that mentality. Obviously, it helps. You have yourself, Carl, uh, Ashwin, who all went through the experience of being on a national championship team, understanding you're going to lose doubles points along the road, a match I'd point to your your junior year. Uh, you guys lose that doubles point to Ohio State, and then, of oh, course, yeah. there's a rain delay, and you end up clinching there. Um, for you this year, again, you, Ashwin, Carl, being the guys with that experience, has it been different, you know, kind of having a younger team, coaching them through it? And just what's that like for you as you mature into that role on the team? 
Well, it's been a different experience. Uh, and I, I would say this goes for any, any individual who's been on a team, come in, been the freshman and, you know, you're learning it as you go. You, you have your mentors on the team. And then slowly over the years, you transition into uh, one of the guys who is there to protect and establish the culture and, and guide the younger guys in, in how to do things. And so it's amazing to have the kind of experience that we've had. Um, guys like, like you said, Carl, Ash, and I, who, who have been there and done it and, and know what it takes so that hopefully, I mean, we, we can uh, impart a little bit of that wisdom to the younger guys and, and, and just help them, just help them be better individuals, better people, you know, be however I can help um, these guys end up, uh, you know, just overall better people. That's, that's really my goal as a leader on this team. And, and tennis is a great avenue to do that just because of how hard of a sport it is. And you learn so much through it. So I, I want to give a shout out to the University of Virginia media relations team. You are prepared. I love that answer. <laughs> that That's awesome. I, I do want to, you know, on a personal level for the guy, the Ryan Getzes and Gianni and Will Woodall's Matt Lords who are, you know, shuffling in and out of the bottom of the lineup for you to have the experience from your freshman year when you're, you know, a top 30 ITF junior and that lineup so stacked that you're, you're you know, you're on the bench. What does that having that experience in the past help you in terms of communicating, communicating to those guys, you know, be patient, wait for your moment because it's going to come. Yeah, I think that is a unique experience that I've had uh, in, in college, especially like you said, where I came from uh, the background that I had is that I've played pretty much uh, every, every position uh, on this team in inside and out of the lineup, except for, uh, you know, one singles. And I, I, I've, I've really, I've done it all. And so each guy I can connect with on how they're feeling. I mean, I've, I've definitely had these conversations with guys who have been in and, in and out of the lineup, like uh, Woody or uh, uh, Matt. Um, even even just like talking to Ash sometimes about how it is to play six and and how that experience uh, is because he 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 was playing high in the lineup last year, um, and so just just explaining kind of the nuances of of, of the mindset you have to have because. Every spot, I mean, is one point, and every every guy uh, on the other team is looking to hunt you and 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 go after you. And so, it doesn't really matter which position you're playing. It's just understanding um, kind of the nuances of how to approach it and how to approach it so that you're hunting the guy that you're going after him that you're tr- playing to win and and all these things that I'm sure you've heard um, people talk about. No, absolutely, and I think that's going to be some of the fun of this weekend is every team can make a claim to having a chance to win the title. There's so much talent across the board. Uh, it's not like last year when, with all due respect to every other team, Wake Forest was the clear favorite the three years before that when your Virginia teams, just the talent on paper, you couldn't deny that. Uh, but for you guys coming into your quarterfinal match, obviously you match up with a conference foe in Wake Forest, the only other team with guys who have won a national championship on their roster you know you, you guys are one and two against them this year you beat them 5-2 in Charlottesville they returned the favor 6-1 in Winston-Salem that conference final match obviously such a back and forth affair uh, you guys take the doubles point and then uh, you know it's it's neck and neck Brandon's up on Petros you and Barr battling they're able to shift it I guess uh, that's sort of setting the scene for our listeners, but for you, Henrik, what is it going to be like battling a conference foe? Is there a little extra juice in the tank on your end? Uh, I would say there's a little extra juice on, on both sides. I mean, <laughs> this is this is a team we've gone to battle. This will be the fourth time this year. And honestly, every year we play them, I, I, I would say probably three times. Uh, you know, I – many years we've played them at indoors we've played them regular season and we played them uh acc tournament so this is a team we we see a lot they're super incredibly well coached very talented team um have all the respect uh for them as as tennis players and so yeah i mean they're going to be coming after us the same way that i think that we're going after them you know acc's just happened but 
feels like it's yesterday. It was yesterday, and and we're both just gonna go to battle and see what happens. And I'm fortunate enough I got to speak with Barr last night, who you're going to be matching up against again in singles. Now you're 0-2 against him on the year, but you know both of those matches, 7-6 sets in them, you had plenty of, I think you lost 8-6 tiebreakers in both of your matches as well. Uh, just on a personal level, you know, Barr was so complimentary. He said, he, you know, it's going to be a battle. I'm sure you know that as well now that you guys have played each other a couple of times. You know, what do you think it's going to take to get over that hump and get that win for your team uh, come quarterfinals? I mean, I'll say uh, just from playing him twice now this year, I mean, the guy's good. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go out there and, and really it all comes down to being being willing to to fight and 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 just leave it all out there um you know a couple tactical things i'm i'm sure he's preparing similarly uh to play me but really really once you're out on the court it's just it's just going and doing it and 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 bringing the fire and and seeing what happens and so yeah i i nothing specific that i can think of that you know oh i'm i'm going to you know win. there's no magic formula is what i'm trying to say <laughs> No. I mean, especially with a with a damn good player like him. So, um, just just doing it for for my guys and and leaving it all out there, and we'll see what happens. Absolutely, and I do want to talk again about your career. But my last question: I know last weekend you guys were fortunate enough to be the hosts uh, in Charlottesville for that round of sixteen. Obviously, they're experimenting with a new format this year. Your thoughts on that kind of change in the format? You know, you mentioned now, I believe a lot of schools are done with graduation, done with exams. Has that been something you, uh, you've you seen, and is that, you know, a benefit you would also echo? I Why I like it is all about uh, for the fans and the community that we had in Charlottesville. I mean, I've played in some incredibly special moments uh in charlottesville with us hosting two indoors and you know a ton of incredible regular season matches against top five teams like unc or wake and uh that atmosphere in the match against stanford was one of maybe the best atmosphere uh i've played in it was it was absolutely fantastic the fans were loving that it was such a high pressure situation uh, with the NCAA round of 16 against a top 16 team and, and just were, were fully behind us and, and honestly got us, got us through some, some tough moments um, and support us all the way. And just to kind of be able to give back for one more, one more match to those people who support us year round is something that I, I and the other guys value really highly. And, so. And- in terms of just keeping it, uh, and I, I agree with you, I'm always a fan of home tennis matches. I, I saw a stat once that college tennis of every non-revenue uh, ath- uh, college athletic event has the highest retention rate of fans that once you know once they go once they want to keep coming back so any really? opportunities yeah and so and, and i always i i've been searching for the article i will find it i'll send it your way um but yeah it's just the atmosphere a doubles point when you have three thrilling double sets coming down to deuce points all next to each other it's like nothing else oh it's insane it is yeah. absolutely insane and I, I just, I think it's incredible in terms of though adding pressure to this new format uh, during the season. I would argue your conference semifinal, your team's four-three win over UNC. I thought it was always going to be really hard for any conference to get three teams top eight seeds, and so you know that mm-hmm. match, that win for you guys, huge from a resume standpoint. Did you see that top eight seed playing any, you know, adding any sort of extra pressure to you guys during the season? I think that it was kind of in the background to be perfectly honest. I, I think the guys always felt like if we did our jobs that we would end up, uh, hosting for that match just, uh, based on, you know, kind of how we do things, our process, how we scrap each match. And, and we, we fought out a lot of really tough matches against tough opponents and, and ended up hosting. And it was all that we could have wanted and more. Um, yeah. Yeah, and again, I'm a fan of the format. I thought the first year went well. I, 
I th- I'm sure they'll continue to argue about it, but for me, I, I enjoy it. But you talk about that mentality again for your team. I feel like that's the sort of veteran mentality you get when you have the you know background of a UVA program. And that leads me to kind of wanting to talk a little bit about you, Henrik, how you got started at UVA, your background with tennis. I believe you are from Kirkland, Washington. Is that correct? Yep. So how does a guy from a state that has so much rain get into the game of tennis? <laughs> Well, so uh, my parents joined the tennis club that was about five minutes from our house, uh, not because of tennis. Neither of my parents played. <laughs> neither of my parents played tennis ever, and uh, they just wanted. It was the closest like fitness facility, um, so they they joined the club, and I would sure. I would just go with my mom when she was working out, and I would just like hit balls around. And I kind of picked it up. I was super into sports in general growing up. I played uh, soccer and baseball as well until I was about 12, 13. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the, the game the game came to me pretty easily just because of how, how often I was around it. And, and I was lucky enough to have a, a really special, special coach and, and – person that I love um who who moved there when I was around 10 or 11 years old from New Zealand this this guy named Dan Wilman and he he kind of really got me on the path to thinking about tennis not just as a you know just as a hobby but as as kind of a pursuit uh, a competitive pursuit um Well, you talk about uh, getting into the game at an early age. For our listeners who don't know, there's a very prestigious 14 and under junior tournament, Le Petit, uh, I want to say AS, I don't know if it's just AS, I don't know how they pronounce it. I never won it, but you did at the age of 13. Uh, Obviously, just for our listeners who don't know about that event, some other winners, Nadal, Kim Kleischers, Michael Chang, Martina Hingis. for you to have that sort of success early on, was it things like that that led you to eventually move down to USTA in Florida? Uh, what was it like for you to weigh that decision as well? And when did you, you know, ultimately make that choice of tennis is something I want to pursue as seriously as possible? Yeah, th- that decision uh, came about a little bit just because of, like you pointed out, uh, Kirkland isn't uh, a hotbed. <laughs> it isn't <laughs> ideal. It is, it is not <laughs> ideal. Um, I would say probably by the age of 14, yeah, um, I was uh, probably really? the best junior in in the section. There it is. Um, I was waiting for you to say really f***ing good. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it was just I, I had a good plan with a coach at USTA, Nico Tadero. I had a great relationship with him. Um, but I had I had a thought. Uh, what was it on on Le Petit Oz? You know that was an insane experience. But honestly, I don't think it was uh, it was the best thing for for my development because you you look at that sport and or that that venue and it's so unrealistic. For for people that don't know, uh, the semis and finals they they have like a thousand two thousand people uh, watching your match and and you're you're thirteen years old. And I'm looking around like, okay, so this is how it is. You know, this is how it's, it's, it's going to be. Uh, there, there's some guy waving a giant U.S. flag. And, and you start feeling like, oh, you're, you're, you're something super special. I mean, you're, you're only 13 years old. And there's so much more uh, development that has to go into the sport. Um, and, and so it's not – basically to say it's not humbling. <laughs> sure and I, and I can imagine that and then for you in terms of other I suppose non-humbling events you win 16's Kalamazoo you obviously reach top 30 in the ITF junior rankings uh, you watch as some of your contemporaries you know some go to college others go to go pro right away for you making that decision uh, ultimately when did you become interested in college tennis why did you determine that was the best path for you I was always going to go to college tennis just based on uh, the upbringing that I had. My parents always valued academics super highly. Um, and if you at, don't mind me, if you don't mind me interrupting, you would have start. You started college early, right? At seventeen. I did, yeah. Though that was kind of a mistake um, in a <laughs> sense. Uh, we can I, hold that thought for a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, no, it was a mistake in the sense I had no idea that I, I was, uh, I was starting, uh, at 17. I got called, I got called by the NCAA 
in what I thought was my, uh, my junior year of high school. And they said, no, 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 you're a senior because you took these class, these uh, ninth grade classes when you were in eighth grade. And so you, you need to, you need to start, you know, planning to go to college soon. Um, and that was, that was, <laughs> that was really interesting because people will talk to me about the recruiting process and they'll be like, Oh, you must've had so many coaches calling you. And I was like, actually I was the one that was calling coaches and having to let them know that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to school soon. Can, would you like to have me on your team? <laughs> so th- that's what I meant by mistake. Uh, uh sure. <laughs> um, but then, so, and I apologize for getting it because that was a fascinating story. I do want to, so I will hold that thought for a second, but getting back to it, you said college tennis, that was always something you were interested in. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, I used to watch the University of Washington matches, and the atmosphere was fantastic. I always saw it as a uh, a pathway, um, which I think people are better understanding now um, with with a lot of these players that come out of college and have success. And it it just it made intuitive sense to me to get an incredible opportunity for an education and 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 the school experience while also being able to um, compete at a, at a pretty damn high level, um, which is, you know, what we're doing this weekend. So, And, Ed, just real quick, were you a big Emmett Egger guy for those Washington teams? Oh, yeah. That was – that was uh, <laughs> Emmett, Emmett was kind of uh, like the role model growing up to me, you know, because uh... there wasn't – there weren't any other uh... – <laughs> <laughs> there weren't any other real, real big, uh, big time players doing well on the national level, uh, except for Emmett. You know, <laughs> no, absolutely. I rem- I, I have vague memories of those teams, honestly, and I'm saying this lovingly. I remember the Virginia highlights of them beating them first round of indoors <laughs> in Seattle, and that's like those are my memories of those Emmett Edgar Washington teams. I say that lovingly, um, but but for you specifically, you talk about joining that high level of team. I've gotten the chance to talk with Coach Boland a little bit, so I I, I get that he uh, he's got the goods. And when it comes to the recruiting pitch, that man could sell you anything. Uh, but what was it in general, you know, beyond Coach Boland that uh, appealed to about Virginia to you? Well, it was always about the people uh, for me. Um, when I went on my visits, I, I really tried to see if I would connect with the teammates. Um, if I connected with the coaches, I I definitely. When, when I was getting recruited, it was Andres was the assistant coach. And uh, I had had a little bit of experience with him because he had been at USTA when I was uh, younger. Uh, and, and so already had that experience with him. And, and just I, I, I got the sense that um, these guys would support and, and provide all the opportunities that I, I really wanted to get out. Uh, of, of both tennis and and in an insane education um, at UVA so it, it became an de- easy decision for me and looking back I mean I'm so glad I made it with all the experiences that I've had absolutely and yeah, just from a competition well I guess actually hold on we're gonna hold that thought because I, that'll just lead me on a never-ending tangent last thing in terms of this recruiting process and finding the right school for you uh looking back now because you, you've gotten the chance to obviously complete your time at Virginia what advice would you give to kids who are you know pursuing college tennis when it comes to picking the right school for them go I would just go back to the people uh you know it has some people say, oh, facilities or resources, um, and certainly any top program is going to have those, um, uh, at least uh, at a level that is good enough. Uh, but it's the people that you surround yourself with, and the 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 mindset and the mentality and the culture that they have that are really going to raise you uh, to be a better player, be a better person, and so you can get. A kind of an intuitive sense of that when you're on your recruiting visit and that was just something that I looked at and told my parents afterwards like this is where I have to play it's it's gonna be the best thing for me and academically clearly you were ready to go right away those ACC academic honor rolls speak for themselves uh how did you find that transition though knowing that you know you were at USTA uh and now you're at obviously a top public institution was that an adjustment 
Oh yeah, that was hard. Uh, <laughs> that was that was more than hard. You can ask any of my teammates who were with me that first year. Um, it was it was a bit of a joke on the team how much I I would sleep uh, all the time, just because. I mean, I would legitimately fall asleep in probably every every class. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's bad to say, but it was just hard to stay awake because you know, like you said, online school, you're kind of on your own timeline. Um, and now you're asking me to be locked in and focused for an hour and 15 uh, while someone's trying to teach me calculus. <laughs> that, that, that was a big flip. And, and so uh, I, I was I was always sleeping in. I, I was still growing. I was 17, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, and rumor has it uh, you set the team record for 6 a.m. runs that season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was the absolute worst. Brian, <laughs> Brian – uh, <laughs> This is a, a funny story. He, we had a team practice. We had team practices at three thirty every day, and there was one morning where, or no, one afternoon where I, I was like staying over at Harrison Richmond's place. And I, I told Harry, "Hey, Harry, I'm gonna take a quick nap. Why don't you wake me up when we gotta go to practice?" <laughs> so Harry was locked in on school, and was like, "Yeah, sure, sure." Totally forgot about me, <laughs> and. So everyone's lined up at 3.30. I'm nowhere to be found. I slept through the entire team practice, which, <laughs> which uh, Brian, Brian swears he, in, he, he said in 2024 20, or whatever, how many years, he <laughs> has never had a player do that, just sleep through an entire practice. And I got a call how I woke up. This is, this is how you know it was that bad, was I, 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 I woke up four hours later at 7.30. This is, I mean, I had like sleep, sleep apnea or something. I don't even know what, what the term is for that, but he calls me at seven 30. I just pick up the phone. I see Brian Bowen. Okay. Pick up the phone. I'm like, Hey coach. And, uh, he just starts dying laughing and he's he, legitimately dying laughing for a minute long and then just hangs up the phone. <laughs> and I, I, I already knew I just assumed, okay, well that's like, probably at 6 a.m. for the, the next week or something but, <laughs> yeah no I, let me say as someone who was also 17 when they went to college I think I slept my entire sophomore year because like I was also <laughs> still growing it like I grew it's, in college it's a legitimate it's a thing. thing yeah it's a legitimate I, thing you're still putting on inches yeah I completely agree like I look I I think I'm gonna say this lovingly had a little better than you I went from six foot to six two and I was like yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that's go. unreal. That's unreal. Yeah. You can pass some of those, man. Yeah, no, that's what we call in my industry a humble brag. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, it was just like, yeah, you have to sleep. You're growing, but that is so funny. Um, well, I, I, you know, talking about your freshman year, even beyond that adjustment, you guys such a successful team for the Virginia iteration. You don't know that's the Mitchell Frank is the senior on the team. Ryan Shane goes on an incredible run at the end of the year, wins the NCAA singles title in singles. Uh, but for yeah. you that season, you know, you go seven and one in ACC dual match play, play throughout the year. And then Alex Richard comes back. You don't play for that NCAA run. Uh, obviously it's got to be thrilling to win the team championship. And I want you to talk about that, but you kind of mentioned this earlier. Did it get frustrating for you? Because, you know, you mentioned not only did you come to college sooner than you expected, but you know, you are a top level junior and you're not playing that. I can only imagine what that's like. Yeah, it was, it was probably one of the best things for me as an individual, because it was one of those humbling experiences that I, I talked about you know, we all need at some point, you know, to, to realize that nothing is given and you have to work for it. And, uh, I, I actually was blessed enough to have the perspective to use it as an opportunity, uh, to build close relationships with the guys, to work on my game, uh, to, to keep developing and, and, and keep enjoying every aspect of the college experience. And some of the most fun, uh, I actually had that year was, getting loud uh on the sidelines uh with the other guys and and uh i was assigned to richie's court and just helping you know battling with him at all of those points because i'm as i'm sure you know how mental this sport is it really is special to have someone right there with you who who is uh you know also locked in living and dying by each point fight you know willing helping will you through that um and, and so 
that that was yeah no that was that was a great experience for me that was a lot of adversity for the ego for sure (laughs) (laughs) and if and if you don't mind me uh and i don't want to skip on because look i could talk virginia tennis with you the fact that that baylor team you lost to them at the indoors they were 95 years old each of that team was unbelievable that team was (laughs) unbelievable i don't know how we beat them um i was so impressed by each guy i remember i remember playing uh them Baylor at their place during the regular season and playing because I think yeah Richie was hurt and I played Rios and mm-hmm. he I was 17 and he was 24 and something like that I'm just I'm just looking over at DT and I'm like this this can't be fair I mean <laughs> <laughs> and look if coach Boland listens to this we're not throwing shade at Baylor we are saying this was an incredible Baylor team um, one and yeah, I agree. That team was so impressive. The reason you guys won that match, in my opinion, is because Ryan Treat at one. He beat Lens in straights. And it was like, oh my god! And it was such high level tennis too. I was looking oh. over like, don't nobody say anyone like, don't wake him up from this dream of what, <laughs> what is going on over there. I mean, it's just ridiculous. He hit this one, and I think it was the match point. I've God knows I've watched the video so many times where it's like hits the net court and it's, it goes from half volley to like backhand down the line. And I've seen him shank that ball a bazillion times, and like he's just hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, in match. it was yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. yeah. So that's a great run. But then for you personally, you know, entering the next year. You win a futures title in the uh, in December, you know, rounding into this season. Now, I'm not trying to draw conclusions, but would you say some of that hunger you have from sitting on the bench during a championship run uh, contributes to that sort of success you have on the pro tour? For sure, uh, that that gave me a lot of fire. To to be fair, though, that week, uh, I mean, beat Shapovalov. Yeah, no, I had some great wins, but uh, something. I actually just talked to someone about this the other week about that um, was in first round, I played Kipson and lost the first at six. Oh, and so uh, it could have easily been one of those weeks. I-, I was looking over at DT who took me on that trip and I was like, well, I mean, this is great. <laughs> this is, this is a lot of fun. The guy's just absolutely blistering balls and I'm, I'm not really sure what to do. And I just remember DT saying like, if you go down take it like a man and i just fought through that and next thing you know yeah win the title get a lot of confidence out of it and that that really helped me just just understanding and believing in myself a little bit more for the for the season and and definitely led to me having a pretty pretty good season that year and that year, yeah, as you mentioned, thirty-one and five in singles. You go, I believe, undefeated in regular season, eleven and zero in singles and ACC matches. That's ridiculous. Um, I mean, I would argue it's much more stressful to watch, you know, your teammates play than it is when you're actually playing. But just for you, your NCAA all tournament team that year, you clinched the NCAA championship over Oklahoma. How sweet is it to get to do that at, at you know after sitting out that first year? Oh, it was an absolutely insane experience. I remember when we clinched it, and I'm, I'm looking around, like, trying to do the quick mental math to make sure, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the title. I'm looking around, okay, did, did we do it? I got my hands up. And I knew we did it when I see uh, Alti, uh, Colin, <laughs> you know, stomping over, just, like, <laughs> firing, pre- firing up the quads and just <laughs> getting over there. <laughs> I've read his mouth when, you know, I tried to do a little lip reading and I'm pretty sure he goes, you fucking did it. And it's just like, I was like, yeah, it was just an awesome moment. And just for you, that's the culmination of all of those things. I mean, again, how special of a moment is that for you? Yeah, that's one of those things that you just have to, you have to experience. Um, It's it's a feeling, it's a feeling unlike any other, um, just because you, you did something with that wasn't just for you that it was it was more than yourself it was with with your teammates who you love and who you who have been with you on this journey who put in the blood sweat and tears also and so to to be able to be in that dog pile and know like yeah we we did it together is it's it's really something yeah, and for you guys building into that next season, I feel like uh, given all the seniors coming back, there's no way you or Colin were going to turn pro before that group. Then you guys get the bombshell dropped on you. Coach Boland's leaving at the end of the season. Um, 
I mean, championship fatigue is like the most obnoxious term ever because how can you get tired of having that sort of success? But given that it was your third year in a row, just the wear and tear that comes from all of that postseason play, all of those high-intensity moments, what was it like when you heard that Coach Bolin uh, news? And is it fair to say it, you know, was, I don't want to attribute it as the only reason, but just another thing to add fuel to the fire to kind of solidify that third championship run? Yeah, it was it was hard to sort out the emotions at the time, uh, other than to say, you know, we had we had four seniors that were going to be leaving um, and we wanted to send them off in a special way. We had Brian who was leaving uh, DT who was leaving with him and we wanted to send them off uh, as well as Carlos. Um, So it was just it was. Yeah, it, it was it's hard to say what what was motivating other than just like do doing it for each other again i mean that's one thing that i think i've explained to guys on this team and that people people probably intuitively understand but it is insanely hard to win a national championship in anything i mean the the amount of the amount of work and it doesn't it does not get easier just because you won it the year before um, and that was something that we understood by going through it, uh, that honestly each year felt like it got a little bit harder. You could say that we, we had the experience and everything, but we also had a, a, a bigger target on our back. Teams were coming after us and we had so many wars, um, in 2017, even especially with, with that, that team UNC that we played in the final where we beat them four times that year, but the the amount of matches that we played where it was like a 4-3 in the regular season ACC's absolute war i mean it's it's just it's just a testament to the culture that the guys and the coaches uh were able to instill uh that we were able to to do what we did it was really and, special and yeah that's why i've been, you know i enjoy talking about this team so much obviously i'm biased as a uva fan but it really is to achieve that sort of excellence over such a prolonged period of time is such a special thing it's the same thing you know those stevie johnson four pete usc teams we've been very fortunate in men's college tennis to see uh, so many excellent teams over the past decade uh, I do want to ask you, you know, you talk about that team in general and the culture, uh, the success you, ha- success you guys have had being a testament to the culture you built. Uh, what's it like, again, day in, day out in practice? I've asked them, but I do want to hear from you. When you're going to battle with, you know, top 300 players now, like Ty Kwiatkowski and JC Aragoni and, you know, Colin and just Alex and Ryan Mitchell, all this talent, what is that like from an intensity standpoint? You know, give me some funny stories from practice. If you've got any word on the street is JC and Colin, you couldn't let them play because it'd get too intense. Just what is that environment like? Oh yeah, I mean, you you had to be careful after a certain point. You had to make sure that certain guys didn't practice or, or play with others because it, it it would get ugly. But the reality was that pretty much any time you were competing, um, it it was it was bound to get uh, a, a you know insanely competitive. I mean, I remember basically if you had if you showed up and you weren't ready to roll, uh, you were gonna you were gonna get beat down. There were days when I wasn't uh, locked in, and and I've got Ryan across the net for me, you know, bombing serves and just smacking every ball off the court, and it's like, okay, well, that's a six-one set. See ya. Um, good, good practice. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, Built me up a lot. <laughs> or, or, or JC. I mean, same thing. Call all these guys that you talked about, who uh, you know, aspiring pro tennis players, and just really competitive individuals. Uh, you put a bunch of competitive individuals around each other and and ask them to go to battle, and that that's a pretty good recipe for for development, I would say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I mean, again, the success you guys had speaks to that, and you know that final year, as you mentioned, playing a UNC team that the year before snapped your streak uh, of ACC wins in a national indoor final in Charlottesville. That culminating moment, you guys get that third straight title. Uh, I, I was going to save this for a rapid fire, but was that the sweetest of the three? And not not to make you sound arrogant, I'm just curious. I think that that one was pretty pretty sweet. Um, 
also on the on the individual level uh because we we felt like we I felt like I had something to prove and we also felt like we had something to prove not having won uh, indoors. Um, the next year was the most emotional one, uh, 2017 for sure. Just uh, because of, like you said, the circumstances with, with people leaving and, and knowing that it was, it was kind of all finishing up. Yeah. And uh, I think again, uh, and last, uh, you know, I, I do want to be conscious with your time. I know the lottery's ending up and I'm supposed to record with Luca later who said, you know, we got to wait till nine because he's got to see if his yeah, next yeah, win the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, just from that standpoint, I mentioned earlier, Ty and Colin and Alex and uh, JC and Ryan, just all these guys, the success they're having on the pro tour, uh, if you don't mind, you know, why do you think they've had the success that they have uh, thus far? I suppose, I mean, well, the obvious answer is that they're damn good <laughs> tennis players, man. <laughs> I, I could have told you that those guys were going to do pretty pretty well uh, going out. I mean, we always talked about while they were even in college that they were already you know three hundred level players. So um, it just it it translated. You you go out and they're disciplined guys and they've they've learned the lessons um, and grown in college to to prepare them for what a pro career is. I mean, I'm super impressed with, you know, how each of them have done and, and with adversity, adversity that they've held and that they've had. And also just like been blessed to be a part of that ride with them because a lot, you know, a few of those guys uh, come back to Charlottesville a decent amount. Um, you know, Ty, Ty will come back, Richie. I live with Richie now. Uh, it's just special to see those guys chasing their dreams. And could you see yourself join them out on tour after this season? I could see it. Uh, I'm not sure. I, it's kind of a decision uh, for for afterwards. But um, sure. I, I I I I love uh, I love competing. That's for sure. All right. Well, I won't push you on that one. I since you've given us so much of your time, I appreciate it. Maybe that's the uh, the inner UVA fan in me. I'll give you off with a pass. I'm going to enjoy the moment while it lasts. <laughs> um, but all right, just a couple more, and then I, I promise I will let you go. Obviously, you've mentioned adversity and uh, you know dealing with that, how it's helped you become a better person throughout your experience in college. I can't imagine there's a greater adversity than your senior year after losing you know all of those players for you to go through the type of injury you do where. You have to sit out for a season. Uh, what is what was that experience like? Especially, you know, given the way the previous three years had go, and just the point, uh, you know, that season where the program was at. How how upsetting it must have been to not be able to get back in the action. That season, I can say for each of the guys um, that we had in that whole process, made us r- really a hungrier team for this year. Um, I mean, without. Uh, seeing like all the credit to, to a team like we, you know we lost to in the round of what, what was it 32 to Columbia last year and they're a great team yet just you know the idea of losing in the round of 32 um, and, and being in that moment where our, our season was over you know a, a, a week or two before I, I was accustomed to and other guys were accustomed to kind of set that burning fire to, to go back out and feel like we have something to prove this year. And we've definitely shown that um, with how we compete every match uh, at every line and, and just leave it all out there. And so, yeah, it, and the, the injury was tough. Rehab sucks. Um, <laughs> anyone can tell you that. Um, not being sure if your body's going to uh, have your back or if it's going to give out on you absolutely sucks too. Um, just, just the whole process, the whole process was a learning experience to also understand without being able to play tennis that, you know, that, that, that isn't your entire identity, that you're, you're more than just a, a, a tennis player and, and, and you, you are this individual who has a lot more to offer, um, than that. And so, yeah, it was an eye opening experience on all parts and, and just developing as a leader, helping these guys and, and every aspect of it. And I saw an, a great video on you. I think it was on the Virginia Twitter feed about talking about how, you know, dealing with that adversity, learning about there's more uh, to life beyond tennis, how important and vital you thought that was for you. 
Uh, and I feel like, it, you know, it still, though, it, that hungerness, you can see it in your performance this year. You've obviously had uh, a great season going, as I mentioned, 18-3 and three in doubles with Brandon, 15-4 and four in singles. You find yourself, you know, ranked in that top 125. Uh, Again, for you, for this final run, what do you, what do you, not even expectations, but what do you, if you perform in X amount of way, will leave you satisfied with your final year? To be honest, um, results at this point, <laughs> I, I could leave, I, like it. I, I could give it or take it, man. I mean, I, I've had, I have the rare position, I would say, of, truly feeling like I have nothing to prove, man. I mean, already have, you know, been a part of three team titles. Uh, all, all that I really want out of it is peace of mind that I left it all out there uh, with the guys and put the results aside and, and just be happy to have gone through this experience and had the relationships that I did. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it's been a pleasure to watch you play college tennis. I want to do uh, one more thing before we, you go. This is something we like to do with all of our guests. It's a bit of a rapid-fire segment, although I'll, I'm sure some of these questions will require a little bit more thought than a rapid answer. Does that sound good to you? Definitely. All right, let's do it. Westoff, cue that rapid-fire sound effect, please. All right, we'll start here, and I think this is not going to be a rapid answer, but you got the experience freshman year of playing without no-ad scoring. Then you're you know, beyond that. You guys make the switch to the no-ad format. Thoughts on it and thoughts on does it hamper? Does it still keep college as a viable pathway to the pros? I love no ad. Uh, I, I have no idea about, uh, you know, someone else can do the data on pathways and all that. But <laughs> I, I love how how exciting it is to, to play and to watch. Oh, I agree. The sudden death. Like I mentioned, the doubles point is the most thrilling college athletic event to me out of all of them. And, you know, I've, I've been to the big house for Michigan, and I still just think the doubles. But I'm a tennis nerd, so take it with a grain of salt, I guess. All right. More close to home. The man bun earlier this season. Good choice, bad choice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, in retrospect, bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's the inspiration there? I got to know. Honestly, um, I wanted to look back and say I did it to have had like, <laughs> that long of hair. Um, it didn't, it didn't feel great. I, I, I don't think it looked great, but <laughs> I, at least I, I, I checked the box. It was kind of a, bu- uh, a bucket list thing. Dude, it was, I was at the indoors and I was just, it was a lot. I mean, you, <laughs> the difference is you're good and like you win, so it's okay, but like you can't lose with a man bun. It's just unacceptable. <laughs> no, no, you better not. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well then let's do some other ones. Teammate related questions. Favorite practice partner you've had during your time in Virginia? Ash. Uh, Ash Lyzen. It, it doesn't have to be a current teammate. Yeah. No, Ash Lyzen. <laughs> All right. I like it. Teammate most likely to hook you to try and get under your skin. Ooh. Um, gosh, intentionally? Wow. Uh, I would have to say just because I'm close with him, I, I, I would say JC because he knows how to get, he, he, he could get under my skin pretty quick. I'll say this, not the first Virginia teammate to throw JC under the bus. Really? Uh, no, no. Really? Just, yeah. I think, uh, who have I gotten for answers? I think Lucas said Ryan, but he said it's because he just missed the call anyways. Oh, yeah, uh, that's for sure. Ryan had no idea. Yeah, he just closed <laughs> his eyes and made a call. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. How about best to get dinner with? Um, always have a good time with Richie. Oh, I love it. Best to go out with? Oh, you, 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 you gotta off the record. There's, there's some, there's some different, it depends on what experience you're looking for. I mean, there's some great guys to go out with. I would say, uh, just overall energy. I would put big three would be Luca, JC and Carl. (laughs) I love it. That's a great answer. I will say this for sure. Not the first time Luca has been thrown in that category. Oh yeah. Uh, um, all right. Again, another teammate, one messiest teammate messiest teammate um me man (laughs) (laughs) the other guys aren't that messy (laughs) Uh, no i like it Uh, look self-deprecation builds trust i'm all about it so uh cool how about this funniest ash is hilarious uh jc's really funny you know who's underrated uh brandon nakashima might be one of the funniest (laughs) 
uh, dry humor guys I know. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's that California side of him. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's perfect. Uh, how about this cheapest? Cheapest. Matt Lord. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, then some non-teammate questions. Favorite city in the world? Favorite city in the world would have to be – I love Paris. Yeah. Yeah, oh, special sure. place. Would you say French Open is the slam you'd like to play the most? Favorite slam, yeah. I played the junior there, and that was my favorite experience. Oh, that's awesome. Favorite meal off the court? Favorite meal off the court? Uh, just a giant steak, like a bone-in, <laughs> bone-in ribeye with, with oh. the extra mashed potatoes and just send it. Oh, I love it. I should have asked this one earlier, but who wore the long hair better, you or Carl? Carl, by far. Oh, by far. Can't... I, I mean, understand. you know, you know when the when when he's going in to get it cut, and the uh, <laughs> the the hairstylist is like, "Oh, really? You're gonna cut it? Oh, that's <laughs> that's too bad. It looks so good." Oh, see, my counter would have been neither. <laughs> I would have accepted neither as an answer, and been <laughs> fine with it. Uh, hey, we about... still got Gianni going strong. So <laughs> he, I should have thrown him in there too. None of the above. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, go to warm up song go-to warm-up song would be ooh, any anything like just like banging rap i mean i don't know uh any any of those songs that, that come to mind none of that eminem stuff though that we, we've grown out of that, that that's for, <laughs> for the youngins you know oh no for sure i get for them those are the classics and it's like eh, eh, that hurts um not all right anymore. last two for you yeah these are not uh uh, these are not just you know short answers, so uh, take with them what you want. Best UVA team in the program's history on the men's side. <laughs> We're doing this one. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got, and you can't say this year's team because that would be a biased answer. They are not included. In terms of talent, or in terms of you put them on a court, who's winning that match? Look, you deem the question however you – whichever one you th- – I would argue the team that's going to win the match is the best. Yeah, then that's true. Um, hmm. Talent, it's the one I want to say the Stevie Johnson Jr. Your team, Shabazz, Damajan, Sanam Singh, Jameer Jenkins, healthy Drew Courtney in that lineup. I mean yeah. they're undefeated until the I finals. would say that, that that has to be probably number one. Um, so that to me is the team that always gets snubbed, but they are not number one. I ha- I have a take, obviously. I think that the 2017 team was really hard to beat. Um, yeah, I, I I would go 2017, uh, just just with how how uh, experienced we were. I see the argument I would make: your freshman year team, you being on the bench, nuts. I mean. Anytime the best matchups, and this gets into the, I should have asked, are you the you and JC the five and six goats? Because like, who's beating well, you and JC other than you and JC at five and six? JC is definitely the five goat. I, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm humble enough to say that you know I've taken some losses and, and seen the other side, uh, but JC is an absolute monster uh, <laughs> at that spot. That that was always fun listening to coaches, you know, talk about. Uh, when he qualified for U.S. Open two months after playing five at Cedar <laughs> Blaze, that that was always that was always a riot, you know. Yeah, and the best part is it's like, well, look at the rankings of everyone else; they were pretty yep. freaking good too. Yeah, so it's hard to argue with that. I'll take. Uh, all right, I would say your freshman year team because what Ryan did at one that NCAA's was just ugh, it was just special. And then him and that's Luke actually and- true. I'm I'm thinking that that. Gosh, I mean, how he played that tournament was absurd. Yeah, um, so if, if if you if you get that level, if you get that level, and you say, okay, that's that's his level, twenty fifteen. Um, I mean, yeah, that yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's that team. Maybe that's the, the team. A tie played four. I mean, come on, that's that's spicy. Okay, but Although, you you can look at twenty seventeen and Colin played four. I mean, yeah, that's so who true. Wants to you play played Colin seven, though. You were at seven. <laughs> I mean, look, yeah, it's a fun argument. That's why I enjoy having it. But yeah. you know, like, I'll, I'll, I want to let your mind stay in the present. So my last question <laughs> for you, uh, for, yeah, that's a little transition game for you. Um, what is it going to take for your Virginia Cavaliers to, you know, not only get the win in the quarterfinals against Wake Forest, but to come out on top this weekend in Orlando? 
uh, we're going to have to scrap uh, bottom line. We're going to have to scrap. We're going to have to fight. We're going to have to claw. And we're going to have to do it just a little bit better than every other team uh, who's doing the exact same thing. And honestly, and this is the case for every national champion, uh, you have to get a little bit lucky. Um, I think that that's an aspect that people don't talk about a lot, but when it comes down to one or two points, yeah, that, that light court or that, uh, you know, that ball, the win, it, it all matters. You got to get a little bit lucky. So, um, just having peace of mind that, that we, we left all out there fighting, um, that that's going to be what it is. Yeah, and look, as a fan, I am so looking forward to this weekend. I'm going to try and not make any predictions anymore because I feel like I've talked to so many of you now. I don't want to get in trouble, but I think our listeners will not be surprised. They know my affection for UVA, so good luck to you guys this weekend. I will be following closely, and Henrik, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, no, thank you. Appreciate it, Alex. Take care. Yeah, of course, and go Hoos, right? Go Hoos.